Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. Please welcome to the show, Tonight to Chill Our Spines, writer, producer, choreographer, dancer, and singer, Mr. Gene Kelly. Mr. Kelly appeared in his first Hollywood debut in 1941 with Miss Judy Garland in For Me and My Gal. He also appeared in Anchors Away, Singing in the Rain, where in both performances he was nominated for an Academy Award for his performance in both movies. He also appeared in An American in Paris and It's Always Fair Weather and many others. But what a lot of people may not know is that Mr. Kelly also appeared behind the microphone, appearing in such shows as Lux Theater, Suspense, and many others. Mr. Kelly is an American icon with his talents behind the microphone and in front of the big screen captivating audiences for over 40 years of his career. Mr. Kelly retired in 1970 and received a Candy Honors Recipient Award in 1980 before passing away at the age of 83 years old in 1995 but tonight please welcome mr kelly to the show in this first episode he plays a man named howard wilton howard is a man that goes from job to job and from house to house doing a variety of help wanted jobs and the title of that episode is called to find help and co-starring with Mr. Kelly in that episode is Miss Ethel Barrymore. And in this second episode, Mr. Kelly plays a man named George Javery. Mr. Javery is traveling from Nevada to his home in New York City, but unfortunately picks up a passenger who not only has one arm, but appears with him everywhere he goes and tries to end his life while on his way to New York. And that show is called Death Went Along for the Ride. I hope you guys enjoy Mr. Kelly and his two performances on the show tonight. Please comment and subscribe. And enjoy the show, guys. Thanks. And now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present... Suspense. Tonight, Autolite co-stars Miss Ethel Barrymore and Mr. Gene Kelly in To Find Help a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. 
Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations. Friends, when you buy an Autolite stay-full battery, you're not getting just another ordinary battery. No, sir, you're getting a battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Yes, Autolite stay-full batteries need water only three times a year in normal car use. Why, a camel could drink its weight in water and a cactus could die of thirst before those tough, temperate, teetotaling Autolite stay-full batteries would ask for an extra drop of H2O. So, friends, switch to an Autolite stay-full battery tomorrow. Remember, you're right with Autolite. Always right with Autolite. And now Autolite presents Gene Kelly and Ethel Barrymore in a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. My rumor, Mr. Armstrong, tried to warn me that morning he left on his business trip. I remember we were just finishing breakfast and he was rather in a hurry. I don't care what you say, Mrs. Gillis. I just plain don't like it. You're alone here in the house all day. There are no close neighbors. And after all, you know nothing about the man. Good gracious, Mr. Armstrong. You'd think I was a pretty young thing of 20 to hear you tell it. And another thing. It seems very strange to me that a young man should be job hunting from door to door this day and age. Why, there are plenty of jobs to be had. That's just why it's so difficult to find help these days. You're a worrywart, Mr. Armstrong. Now that I've found someone to do my heavy work, I'm not going to let your silly notions change my mind. Well, all the same, though, I'm not leaving the house this morning till I get a look at the guy. I remember I kept worrying about poor Mr. Armstrong missing his train because it was getting to be nine o'clock. He dried the breakfast dishes for me, and as he talked, he kept looking out of the window toward the long driveway. Hey, here he comes. What? <laughs> I guess I needn't have worried. <laughs> Mr. Armstrong was smiling, for he'd seen my young man who was coming up the driveway, and I smiled, too. Even I had forgotten what a meek, harmless-looking lad he was. Why, he would hardly be called a man at all, I thought. <laughs> so that's the critter who's been causing me all this mental language. There, you see, you and your silly ideas. <laughs> Why, the little guy is not strong enough to keep a regular job, I suppose. <laughs> Why, I believe Sarah's getting some of your foolish notions, Mr. Armstrong. <laughs> there, now, Sarah. Sarah. I'm sorry that we made you nervous about him. Why, if you could see the guy... Shh. He'll hear you. Good morning, lad. I've been expecting you. This is my rumor, Mr. Armstrong. I don't believe you told me your name. I'm Howard Wilton, ma'am. Hello, Howard. How are you? I'm glad you've come. I know you'll be a great help to Mrs. Gillis here, and uh, you'll be company, too. Well, I'm off, Mrs. Gillis. Take care of yourself. I uh, don't think you'll have much trouble. I don't think your dog likes me, Mrs. Gillis. Of course she does. She's just getting a little old and peevish. Oh. Come along now, Howard. I'll show you where to hang your coat. Oh, yes. I always like to hang my coat up. He followed me in the closet storeroom at the back of the house. And I handed him a clothes hanger and a rough, heavy apron, which I kept for cleaning help. Is this apron clean, Mrs. Gillis? Why, of course it's clean. No one's worn it since it was laundered last. There are spots on it. See? Spots? Here, let me look. Why, that's paint. No dirt and dried paint, son. If you don't mind, I'd rather not wear it. What will you wear, then? You didn't bring other clothes. I'm a neat worker, Mrs. Gillis. You needn't worry about my clothes. 
I turned, and the light hitting his face from the small window made him look so different. I was startled for a moment, and then I thought, you're a silly old woman, Mrs. Gillis. And then I smiled. Are you laughing at me, Mrs. Gillis? Why, no, son. I was laughing at myself. Come along. Let's get started now. He'd only been at the den floor a short time when I heard him walk back to the closet storeroom. Can I help you, son? I'm going after my coat, Mrs. Gillis. I don't like it being out there in the storeroom. It's a breeding place for moths, you know. Now, son, it takes longer than that for moths to do any damage. Mrs. Gillis, perhaps you won't think it's quite so amusing when I tell you that it's my best and only coat. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, lad. Where would you like to put it? In the kitchen, perhaps? No, the cooking fumes wouldn't be good for it. I'll take it right in the den with me. That is, if you don't mind. Go right ahead, Howard. If you don't mind. Suddenly, I was thankful that there was a phone. He was such a peculiar boy. I wasn't really alarmed. Not then, I wasn't. Still, it was good to know the phone was there and that old Sarah was still in the kitchen asleep. I went on about my own work that morning. But several times I went into the den to have a look at him. He wasn't doing much, I could see that. He seemed to keep polishing one small square in the corner of the room. Is there anything you need, Howard? Howard? I won't be spied upon, Mrs. Gillis. I won't put up with that. See here, lad, I think we must have gotten off on the wrong foot. I'm not spying on you. Now, why do you keep popping in like that? Would you like me to go faster? Would you like me to spill out my life's blood for you here on the floor? Is that what you're after? Howard, are you well? Are you well enough to work? Of course I'm well. Only you quit bothering and pestering and questioning me. Is it too much to ask? Howard, son, I'm interested in young men. I had two boys of my own. They were in the service. See, that's Bill on the desk there. He was a Marine. And on the table there, that's Dennis. He was in the infantry. So, that's why you hate me. I see it all now. Hate you? Why, whatever gave Yes, you... you hate me. I could tell at the moment I walked into your house this morning. But, Howard... You hate me because I'm young and I wasn't in the service like your boy. Why, it never occurred to me. You must know I was grateful when you came looking for grateful. work. Grateful? You resented me. The only reason you have me here is to work my life's blood away, to punish me for not being in the service, just because your sons were in the service and I wasn't. Son, you're ill. Let's put the work away now. I'll make you a cup of tea. Oh, you don't want me to do the job. Is that it? You're like the army. There was a job to be done, and they wouldn't let me in. Now you'd like me to stop in the middle of this. I only want you to do whatever will make you feel better. Well, leave me alone, then. Very well. Mrs. Gillis... Yes? I'll tell you why I wasn't in the army. If you insist. I don't insist at all, Howard. If you must know, I'll tell you. They said there was something wrong with my mind. Suspense, Autolite is bringing you Mr. Gene Kelly, co-starring with Miss Ethel Barrymore in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense.
I had a very embarrassing experience at New Year's Day dinner. Well, what in the world happened, Harlow? Well, the whole family was there, you see. Brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins, outlaws. But, I uh, mean in-laws. <laughs> and during a lull in the conversation, I thought I'd tell them all about that wonderful abstemious Autolite stay-full battery. Oh, my. So naturally, I told them about that extra-large liquid reserve of Autolite stay-full batteries. Even the Great Lakes, said I, are no great shakes compared to the reservoir in those Autolite stay-full batteries. Why, those batteries need water only three times a year in normal car use. I'm beginning to understand. And then, of course, I told them that Autolite stay-full batteries give longer life than batteries without the stay-full features. And then I explained... Now, wait a minute, Hunter. Did you say all this at your big family dinner? Yes, and here's the funny thing, Hap. Just as I was telling them how every smart car owner was switching to Autolite stay-full batteries... Two of my biggest cousins got up, came around to my chair, and carried me, chair and all, into the pantry. And by Cornelius, the pantry was where I finished my New Year's dinner. <laughs> Can you imagine my own relatives doing a thing like that to well, me? Well, that certainly was a dirty trick, Harlow. But quiet. Here's suspense again. And now, Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Miss Ethel Barrymore and Mr. Gene Kelly in To Find Help. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I just thought maybe you'd like to know, Mrs. Gillis. They said there was something wrong with my mind. The first thing that I thought of when I reached the hallway was the phone. But it was in the den with Howard... I ran quickly to the back door, but it was locked, and the key wasn't in its usual place. The front door was locked, too, and I heard a crash. It came from the den. I rushed in to find Howard, peacefully polishing away at the same spot. He hadn't moved an inch. He didn't look up at me. Then I saw the phone, which had fallen to the floor beside him, but it hadn't just fallen... The wires have been torn out of the wall. The phone, Mrs. Gillis, it fell. But the wires... I suppose you think I ruined your phone. The wires... That happened when it fell to the floor. It could It happened have... when it fell to the floor. But, uh... I don't suppose you'll be able to use it anymore. Not for a while, anyway. No, I don't suppose I will. Sarah, here, Sarah, Sarah. Mrs. Gillis. Yes. Are you looking for your dog? Yes, yes, I haven't seen her all morning. She was in the kitchen. Well, she's not there any longer. I know. Where is she, Howard? Where is she? Yes, where is she? She's gone. Gone. If you've harmed her... She didn't like me, you know. See here... I've put up with enough. You tell me where my dog is. Or... For what, Miss Gillis? I'll... You'll do I'll... what, Mrs. Gillis? What will you do? Sarah! She's yeah, gone, Sarah. Mrs. Gillis. I told you that. You've harmed my dog. Have I? You killed her. Poor old Sarah, who never heard a thing. She would have hurt me. You're bad, Howard. You're wicked. You're a coward. I'm not a coward, Mrs. Gillis. Cowards are afraid to kill. Only a coward would kill a poor old dog. If I were a coward, I'd, I'd be afraid of you. And I'm not afraid of you. You let me out of here. I have strong hands, Mrs. Gillis. My fingers are like steel. I've never harmed you. No, 
And Sarah didn't need it, but she would have if I hadn't harmed her first. Let me out of here. You're getting very noisy, Mrs. Gillis. Perhaps if I locked you in here, you'd calm down a bit. And then I heard the key turn in the lock. For a moment, I had the feeling of unreality. Was this really happening? But I found out soon enough that it wasn't a dream, for the dim light from the little square window picked up a limp, lifeless object in the corner among the dusty mops. I knew without looking further what it was. Poor Sarah. Sarah, who'd never harmed a soul. I don't know how long he kept me there. I could hear him moving about the house. But he finally came. He spoke to me through the door. Have you calmed down, Mrs. Gillis? Yes, Howard. Let me out. Why? Because it's warm in here. Because I want to get out. You were looking for your dog, weren't you? Never mind about that, Howard. Let me out. Mrs. Gillis, if I kept you in there, you wouldn't be able to spy on me ever again. I won't spy on you, Howard. Let me out. Do you know what I've been doing, Mrs. Gillis? No. I've been doing your den floors, just like you asked me to. That's fine, Howard. It was fine, being able to work peacefully. Knowing that you were someplace where you couldn't bother me. I won't bother you, Howard. It was very peaceful. Nobody to bother me. Let me out, Howard. Will you promise to do as I tell you? I promise. Anything? Anything. Very well, then. Now, no tricks. No. Feel my hands, Mrs. Gillis. Are they nice hands? Yes, they're nice hands. You haven't felt them. Did your sons have as nice hands as these? No. No, they didn't. But they didn't have any trouble getting jobs, did they? I'm just as good as they were, you know. Of course you are, Howard. Wouldn't you like some food, lad? You haven't eaten all day, you know. Some food would be good. Yeah, let me let me fix you some. Mrs. Gillis, a woman I worked for once said my hands were weak. She did. She soon found out, however. Here now, lad, I have some nice cold roast in the icebox. I taught her a lesson. It'll only take a minute to fix some salad. Were your son's hands strong, Mrs. Gillis? Not as strong as yours, Howard. I'll set the table right away. Mrs. Gillis, feel my hands again. They're like steel, you know. I finally managed to get some lunch on the table. Howard sat beside me. He didn't say much, and he ate very little... I tried to appear casual to engage him in conversation, anything. Do you work often, Howard? Not often. Do you have trouble finding jobs? People are anxious to find help these days. Weren't you? Yes, to find help. Mrs. Gillis? They're looking for me. Who, Howard? I don't know exactly. People I worked for last, I guess. Was that here in this town? No, it was another town. Everyone was looking for me, so I went away. It's horrible to be spied upon, Mrs. Gillis. 
Do you know what it is to be spied upon? No, no, I don't. Would you like to know? No, I, I wouldn't, Howard. I think I'll spy on you the rest of the day. Then you'll know how it feels. No, no, please, Howard. Whatever it is you want, take it and go away. There's nothing I want, nothing. I, I only want to stay here with you. I can't stand it, Howard. I can't. I'm an old woman. Please go away. Leave me alone. I'm not going away, Mrs. Gillis. There's still a job to be done. I'll go away after I've done everything that's to be done. Howard, I have some money here in the kitchen cabinet drawer. It's a great deal. I'll give it to you. I don't want your money, Mrs. Gillis. Then go away. That would be foolish. Then you'd tell on me. No, I wouldn't really, Howard. Go away and I'll never tell a soul that you've been here. I don't believe you. And I don't trust you. There's only one way of being certain that you won't tell. My heart jumped when I looked out the window. I saw it was the milkman. Tell him to go away. I can't. I've ordered some extra things. Then go into the storeroom until he goes. I can't, Howard. He knows I'm here. He'll expect me to pay him. You promised to do as I told you. And he pulled open the cabinet drawer. I saw him take a knife out. Now, will you tell him to go away? Howard, if I tell him to go, he'll think something's wrong. Then you'll get caught for sure. All right, Mrs. Gillis. Take whatever you've ordered, but if you pull any tricks, you'll be sorry. Just a moment. Uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Gillis. Good afternoon. A lovely day, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mrs. Gillis, I think I have good news for you. You have? Yep. Beginning the first, the company's taking on some more help. And in the future, your deliveries will be made in the early morning. That's nice. I don't believe you ever did like these late deliveries, did you? I never really minded. <laughs> if all of our customers were like you, Mrs. Gillis, it wouldn't be such a bad world. Here you are. One quart of milk and a pint of half and half. Goodbye, Mrs. Gillis. Uh, the extra things. You forgot them. The extra things? Yes, the extra things. Now, don't tell me you, you've forgotten them, the, the eggs and the, the, the butter. Uh, uh, okay, I'll get them right away. Mrs. Gillis, I'm going to give you one more chance. When he comes back, you're to get rid of him, do you hear? And if you give me away, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill you before he can get inside this house, and I don't care what they do to me. I won't give you away, Howard. I'll only pay him. I have to do that. Shut up. And remember. Here you are, Mrs. Gillis. Thank you. Anything else? No, that's all. Mrs. Gillis, uh, I was going to say... I'm sorry, I can't stop. I can't talk today. I'm very busy. You're very clever, aren't you, Mrs. Gillis? What do you mean? You thought you were going to put something over on me, didn't you? I sent him away, didn't I? The extra things you ordered. There weren't any. Yes, there were. You saw him. You heard him. You didn't know what you were talking about. The milkman had returned. He stood outside the window. Howard looked at me. I saw his knuckles grow white as he clutched the knife. This is your last chance. Get rid of him. I will, Howard. I will. I'm sorry to bother you again, Mrs. Gillis, but you forgot to pay me. Oh. That is, unless you want no, to... No, yes, yes, I'll pay you. Here you are. Uh, sorry I had to bother you, Mrs. Gillis. But you see, this is the day I have to come. Yes, yes, I'm busy. Can't you see that I'm very busy? Tell me when he's gone, Mrs. Gillis. I stood by the window and watched. He got into his truck, then he drove off. So that was your scheme, was it? So you wanted to give me away. He's gone now, Howard. You thought he'd save you, didn't you? No, no, I sent him away like you asked me. Do you know what would have happened to me? 
Do you? They would have taken me away. Leave me alone. I'm going to punish you. No, Howard, I've been punished enough. No, you haven't. Yes. You're standing very close now. I knew he still held the knife. Suddenly, everything was black. I slipped to the floor. When I came to, I was on the kitchen floor. My head throbbed. There, I remembered everything. But where was he? And I heard a sound, a soft, swishing sound. Seemed like hours before I could bring myself to move. Suddenly, the hall clock began to strike. Why, it was five o'clock. I'd been unconscious for longer than I'd thought. The room had already turned dark in the late afternoon light, but I could see him now. He stood in the middle of the room. He was pushing my heavy floor polisher back and forth, back and forth. I tried to close the door quietly, but he looked up. He saw me. What time is it, Mrs. Gillis? About five. Well, I guess I'll call it a day now. I've done a nice job, haven't I? Yes, Howard. Very nice. I think I'll be going now. Doesn't it shine nicely, Mrs. Gillis? Yes. Yes, it does. Is it worth five dollars to you? Yes, Howard. I have nice hands, haven't I, Mrs. Gillis? Yes, Howard, you have. Here, take the money. Thank you. It's a pity they have to be used to polish floors. You've done such a good job, Howard. I'm going to give you a few extra dollars. Thank you. Will you be needing me tomorrow, Mrs. Gillis? No, thank you, Howard. The door's locked, Mrs. Gillis. Yes, Howard. Do you have the key? Yes. Yes, I, I do. I just remembered. I, I just remembered a lot of things. Mrs. Gillis, there's someone at the door. Yes, Howard. Will you open it? Oh, should I? Yes, Howard. You have the key. I have? Was this it, Mrs. Gillis? Yes, Howard. Open the door. Open the door, Howard. Open it. All right, Mrs. Gillis. I'm Mr. Stevens from the phone company. Your phone's been reported out of order. Mrs. Gillis, is your phone out of order? No, no, there must be a mistake. Huh, that's strange. We've had several reports. Uh, maybe I better run back and check my books. In uh, the just a moment, Mr. Stevens. Could you do me a favor? <laughs> well, why, certainly. This boy... Mrs. Gillis. This boy, he's worked here all day. He's done a good job. But I don't think he's well. I'm all right, Mrs. Gillis. But you're tired. Aren't you tired, Howard? Doesn't your headache? Uh, yes. Yes, I, I am tired. and My head does ache. Well, maybe Mr. Stevens will be kind enough to drive you to the car line. Well, I'd be glad to, Mrs. Gillis, but I can't wait long. Right away, and I'll go along, too. I have some marketing to do. And Mr. Stevens, as long as you're here, would you mind checking the phone just to make sure? What? Well, of course. I'll show you where it is. Can I show him, Mrs. Gillis? No, Howard, you wait here. We'll be right back. I moved quickly toward the den, 
Mr. Stevens followed me. Once inside, I closed the door behind me. He spotted the torn wires at once. Say, this phone. Shh. It's that boy. That man. He's dangerous. Drive us to the police station as fast as you can. Well, I... Before he could reply, opened the den door and went out into an empty room. Say. Howard! He's gone. Yeah, it sure looks that way. No, no, you've got to find him. But, Mrs. Gillis, if you were afraid of You don't of understand. It... He's angry with me. He wants to kill me. And now he's he's hiding here somewhere. When you go, he'll come out and, and kill me. Oh, say that, ma'am. Take it easy. You're getting yourself all worked up. You don't believe me. Well... Look, Mrs. Gillis, maybe I better run down to the corner and phone for no, somebody. No, no, huh? you can't leave me. I, I'll go with you. Well, sure, if it'll make you feel any better. My car's right outside in the driveway. Yes. Come on. Yes, and we'll call the police. They'll come and get him. Sure, whatever you say. <laughs> he looked like a nice enough young fellow, though. Are you sure that he... Were you looking for me, Mrs. Gillis? Why, yes, Howard, I was. Are you ready to go? Yes, I, I'm ready. I just thought I'd wait in the car. Sure, sure. All right, Mrs. Gillis, you get in the back here. Thank you. It's very kind of you to do this for me. I, I'm very tired. Just relax, Howard. We'll take care of you. Already? Already, Mr. Stevens. Mr. Stevens. Huh? Don't you think I have nice hands? Why? I, yes, I, I, I guess so. Yes. They're strong hands, too. Very strong. Thank you, Gene Kelly and Ethel Barrymore, for a splendid performance. Our stars will return in just a moment. Say, uh, Hap, yeah. I've got a wonderful New Year's resolution here. Well, don't tell me you're resolved to give up talking, Arnold. Give up talking? Me, Autolite, patter-packed Wilcox? <laughs> uh, will a pistol-packing cowboy give up his gun? Will a power-packed Autolite stay-full battery give up the ghost when you need it most? Not on your life, by Cornelius. No, sir, Hap, the New Year's resolution I've got is for every car owner who doesn't already have an Autolite stay-full battery. And the resolution reads, I resolve at the earliest opportunity, that is tomorrow morning, to drive down to my nearest Autolite dealer and get a brand new Autolite stay-full battery. The battery that needs water only three times a year in normal car use. For remember, friends, you're right with Autolite. And remember, too... Autolite means batteries. Stay full batteries. Autolite means spark plugs. Ignition engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means ignition systems. The lifeline of your car. And now here again is Mr. Gene Kelly. It's always a pleasure to appear on Suspense, but it was especially wonderful playing opposite a truly great lady of the stage and screen. Miss Ethel Barrymore. Why, thank you, Jean. It was a great pleasure for me, too. Even though in the story I had a harrowing time of it. Well, that's the specialty of suspense, Miss Barrymore. That's why I try never to miss a program. 
For instance, next week, radio's outstanding theater of thrills presents Danny Kay in a new kind of role for him. He plays a murderer in a story titled The Two Perfect Alibi, and you can be sure it's another gripping study in... Suspense. Gene Kelly can currently be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer All-Star Technicolor musical Words and Music based on the lives and music of Rogers and Hart. Ethel Barrymore may currently be seen in the David O. Selznick production Portrait of Jenny. Tonight's suspense play was by Mel Dinelli with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Next Thursday, same time, hear Danny Kay in The Two Perfect Alibi. Remember, you're right with Autolite. So switch to Autolite. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. California for enjoyment throughout the world. Salute to your health, senor. Roma Wines toast the world. The wine for your table is Roma Wine, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is the man in black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Gene Kelly in a suspense play that tells of fear and suspicion and dangerous adventure from a long highway from California to New York. And so, with death went along for the ride, and with the performance of Gene Kelly as a man named George Javery, we again hope to keep you in... Suspense! Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I want a room. The name, sir? George Javery, but uh, I haven't got a reservation. Oh? Well, I think we can fix you up, Mr. Javery, if you'll sign, please. Uh, sure. <laughs> Excuse me, friend. Yes? I couldn't help hearing your name, Javery, hmm? Well, that's right. In the relation to Frank Javery of Cincinnati? Well, mm. not that I know of. Oh. <laughs> kind of a funny name. No offense, you understand, but I just thought, you know. Sure, I, I know. Been doing quite a lot of traveling, haven't you, Mr. Javery? Huh? <clears throat> I see all them stickers on your bags. Oh, oh yes, I've been out of the country. Room six ten four fifty day. Will that be all right, Mr. Javery? Sure. <laughs> you uh, going to stay in Reno very long? Uh, just overnight. Going east? Uh huh. You uh, driving? Yeah. Say, what do you want to know? Uh, thought I'd tip you off to a good place to eat. See, <clears throat> you. Like steaks? <laughs> when I can get them. Better stop at Harry's place, then. Best steaks between here and Chicago. Here's the address. I wrote it down for another fellow this morning, but he left before I could give it to him. Oh, well, well thanks. You, uh, driving back east alone? Yes. Say, uh, what did you say your name was? <laughs> I didn't, but it's Brown. 
Steve Brown. Well, look, Mr. Brown, if you want a free ride east, why don't oh, you just... Hey, no, no, no. I'm heading up to Portland, see? Oh, well, well, have a good trip, Mr. Brown. Same to you, Mr. Jaber. Thanks. Don't forget to stop at Harry's place, Mr. Jaber. I think you'll find it a very interesting spot. Very interesting. Mr. Jabry. What is it? Did you notice a fellow with only one arm? No, where? I didn't think you did. He said he was a friend of yours. But don't have nothing to do with him, Mr. Jabry. He's no friend of yours. He's no friend of anybody. Don't have nothing to do with him. Oh, here's your drink, Mr. Jabry. Thanks. Oh, did your friend find you, Mr. Jabry? What friend? A uh, one-armed fella. He was looking for you. He said I should keep my eye out for you. A one-armed fr- uh, one man, Mr. Jabry? I know. There's no guest at the hotel that answers that description. I tell you, I seen him coming out of your room, Mr. Jabry. I don't know how he got in there, but I seen him coming out. You heard me. I'm checking out. If there's anything wrong... Oh, no, there's nothing wrong. I'm just checking out, that's all. But at three o'clock in the morning... Look, I, I said I'm checking out. Now, now, please get my bags out to the car. Just put them in the back of the car. Yes, sir. Now, look, kid. For the last time, do you know? I don't know nothing, Mr. Jeffrey. Honest, I don't know nothing. Okay, okay. Here. Gee, look, here he comes now. Hey! Hey, wait a minute! Thanks, Mr. Jeffrey. You, uh, going east, mister? Oh. Oh, it's you, huh? Say, what's the big idea? What big idea? Now, listen to me, my one-armed friend. I can't help having one arm, mister. All right, all right. But what's the idea of following me around? You've been following me ever since I got here. Oh. But I'm sorry about that, mister. So am I. Now, what about it? Well, you see, I'm kind of down on my luck. So I'm hitchhiking. I gotta get east, and I heard you were going east, so... Ah. You are going east, ain't you, mister? Well, yes. Yes, I am. Do you mind if I come along with Pete? Oh, all right, hop in. Say, uh, there's one thing you haven't explained to me yet. Uh, what's that? What were you doing in my room? Hitchhiking? I was never in your room. The bellboy said he saw you come out. I don't know what he said, but I was never in your room. Oh. Ah, it's kind of late to start driving, I guess. I don't mind. I'm used to night work. Oh. Say, uh, I don't think I got your name. Jones. One arm Jones, they call me mostly. You traveling far, Mr. Jones? Uh, as far as St. Louis. Have you been in San Francisco lately? No. No, I came by way of San Diego. Why do you ask, Mr. Javery? Oh, nothing. I thought I might have seen it. Uh, what's the matter? How did you know my name? Your name? <laughs> That's an old hitchhiker's gag. Hang around a hotel lobby and find out who's who and maybe where's heading, see? Yeah. See? There doesn't seem to be much traffic tonight, does there? No. Are you looking for something? Oh, just reaching for a cigar. Get your hand out of your pocket. I, I was Get only... it out, I said. You don't have to pull a gun no. out. No. All right, Mr. Jones. Come on, let's have it. What's your game? Game? Yeah, your game. Come on, spill it. I don't get it. Neither do I. 
I suppose you haven't been tailing me ever since I checked in at that hotel. Well, I, I explained about the hitchhike. Get out. Out of the car. You heard me. Okay. But, Mr. Javer... What? Don't be too surprised if you see me again sometime. Good night, Mr. Javery. Tonight for Suspense, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Gene Kelly, whom you have heard in the prologue to Death Went Along for the Ride by Henry Denker and Ralph Berkey. Tonight's adventure in Suspense. In this brief intermission in the play, let's imagine we're listening to a conversation taking place at the smart Coral Beach and Tennis Club in Bermuda. An American about to depart for the States thanks his Bermudian friend for the gracious hospitality shown him, in particular for the especially enjoyable wine his friend served. He remarks how much he'd like to be able to get some of that same wine at home. The Bermudian chuckles as he says, But my friend, that wine you enjoyed so much... It comes from the great wine districts of your own California. It is Roma wine. Yes, friends, many Americans are still not aware that Roma wines are so highly rated in many foreign lands that they are imported to be enjoyed as rare luxuries. But here in America, we can still enjoy these superb Roma wines as a daily pleasure, well within reach of the most modest purse, with no high import duty, no expensive shipping costs included. That's why Roma wines cost you so little. Have you been overlooking the enjoyment these richly satisfying Roma wines offer? As a delectable beverage at any time? As the addition that can make any meal an occasion? As a sure-to-be-appreciated offering to your guests when you entertain? You get some idea of the great worth of these fine Roma wines when you learn Roma wines are America's largest selling wines. I'll spell the name for you. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage our star, Gene Kelly, as George Javery, in Death Went Along for the Ride, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. All right, put them up. Come on, get them up and step out in front of those headlights where I can see you. Come on, before I let you... shoot, mister. Well, I'll... What do you want? Not to get shot right now. Oh. I'm sorry. Kind of jumpy, aren't you? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Were you going into this joint here? Well, I was. (laughs) Well, come on, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. I think I earned it at that. Well, howdy, folks. Could see somebody out kind of late, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Black coffee, huh? How about you? The same, I guess. Look, uh, I'm sorry I frightened you. Say, what's your name? Eileen. Eileen Harrison. What's yours? George Javery. Say, uh, what are you doing walking along a million miles from no place at this time of night? (laughs) I started driving east in a $50 jalopy yesterday like a fool. It just fell apart on me. I was coming in here to phone or something. Well, how far east are you going? Greenwich, Connecticut. 
I'm going to New York myself. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, if... Will, I... Oh, 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 look, if you don't like me, you can always get out and start to walk again. What have you got to lose? <laughs> well, all right. Thanks. And I could use a little company right now. Well, here you are. Piece of pie? Piece of pie, bud? Huh? Oh, oh, no. How about a hamburger? We got good hamburgers, you know. We got... No, no. No, just be quiet a minute, will you? Be quiet? Yeah. What's the matter? Shh. Shut up, another two of you. Sure, anything you say. Say, what's the matter with you? I'm listening for something, that's all. What? There he comes. Hey, where are you going? That wasn't it. You know, what's going on, bud? You hot or something? No, there's a car out there. It's been following me for the last 200 miles. Yeah? How'd you know? I know it. I took a side road. He did, too. I tried to duck him, and he hung on. He kept following me. I, I'm sure that... Listen. Listen, that must be it now. now he, he's not coming in. He's waiting. For what? Me. Look. Look, Eileen, here are the keys to the car. Go out and drive it up the side entrance. I'll be waiting at the door. All right, No, but... no. Go ahead. He won't hurt you. Hurry. Okay. Hey, mister, you ain't in trouble, are you? I don't want no trouble, no, in my I'll keep clear. your shirt on. You'll be all right. Here. Don't you want your change? No, I'll keep it. Hop in. I'll slide over. Thanks. Look back now, Bill. Seriously, that other car follows. us. I don't think so. Say, look, pal, I don't want to be nosy, but... Uh, Eileen, I, I wouldn't kid you. I don't know what it is. Is anyone following us? No, I don't think so. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, lights. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's someone following us. No? How fast are we going now? About 60. All right, watch. Hey, please, be careful, George. I'll be careful. Is he coming? Uh-huh, I think he's gaining on us. Yeah, I thought so. Well, we'll see how much this guy wants to play. He had a pretty big car, you know. Yeah, I know. Is he still gaining? He's closing up pretty fast. Oh, I can't stand this much longer, and I'm going to do something about it. What are you going to do? I'm going to pull to one side, slam on the brakes, and see what happens. George! I'll force him into the ditch if I have to. It's what he's trying to do to us. Hang on. George! Same as we hit? Just for a second. You notice anything about him? Not much. Well, I did. He was a man with only one arm. Well, this is that Harry's place that guy told me about. You sure you like steak? Who doesn't? Well, it's the place for you, then. Finest steaks inside of Chicago, they tell me. Come on. Table for two, sir? Uh, yeah, please. Right this way. The whole thing demonstrative. Right here. Here's a nice table right by the window. That's fine, thanks. And, madame? Thank you. Uh, two steaks, please. Uh, both medium rare. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. George, 
to get back to our little problem. Our little problem? All right, so it's your problem and I'm stuck with it. Are you sure you don't have any enemies? How could I? I've been out of the country for over a year. I didn't have any when I left. Well, could there be any connection with that work you were doing with the Chinese government? Oh, not a chance. I, I uh, Well, look, I don't know any secret plans, and I have no agent X-9. Well, all that's out. Well, maybe it's all just a coincidence. Oh, sure. One-armed guy tags me all over Reno, then says he's a poor hitchhiker. Then he acts like he's trying to pull a stick up, and then a hundred miles beyond where I've dropped him, he shows up in a big Cadillac. Just a coincidence. Call for Mr. Javery. George. Telephone for Mr. Javery. Call for George Javery. Yeah. Another coincidence. What do you suppose? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. George, don't. Come on, we'll both go answer it. Uh, are you Mr. Javery? Yeah. Well, that's good. They've been trying to reach you all day. All day? Yes, this is about the tenth call we've had for you. Uh, the phone booth is right this way. One little coincidence after another. Calling me all day at a joint I've never been in before in my life. George, don't answer it. Now, look, you just keep an eye out while I'm in the booth. All right. Uh, oh, <laughs> pardon me. Why, of course. Hello? 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 Why, yes, I had a call in this wire, but... I'm sorry, but your party seems to have disconnected. Did you call them? Uh, no, 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 forget it. What was it, George? Come on, let's go out to the car. Well, what was it? I don't know. Whoever it was, as soon as I answered, they hung up. Come on, come on, there's a guy following us. The guy I bumped into at the phone booth. Oh... That's what that phone call was for. Get in the car, quick. Here he comes. Oh, oh, Mr. Javery. George is pointing something. It's a camera. Thanks, Mr. Javery. Hey, what's the idea of taking pictures of me? It's a hobby. I'll send you a print at the morgue. Bright spots of old Chicago. Yeah, a little too bright. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we present direct from Ten Weeks Run in New York, the world famed sharpshooter, Professor Glittenheimer. This is going to be all right, George. He's good. I saw his act in Hollywood. He's quite a comedian. Well, that's swell. A little comedy had come in handy now. George, you promised me. Come on, relax. Okay. <laughs> he shoots at the light bulbs, and whether he hits them or not, they always break. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, blindfolded. <laughs> he didn't even aim at it. Sure, that's the point. Lady was going to shoot straight up, and the bulb in the back of him will break. <laughs> And now over my shoulder, the left shoulder. No, no, the right shoulder. That's harder yet. It's funny, isn't it? George, your glass, it's shattered. Come on, Eileen, we're leaving. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please. The performance will continue. Keep the seat, please. Oh, please, please. Wait, sir. Don't leave. I'm terribly sorry. Won't you stay and finish your dinner? Uh, please, sir, our, our apologies. A most regrettable accident. Yeah? 
Only it wasn't. Wasn't? Wasn't an accident that comic up there shoots blank cartridges. Well, of course, but... Yes, and what broke my glass was a bullet. And it didn't come from the stage. One dollar. Thank you. Good old Bear Mountain Bridge. Well, we're almost there. Yep. With any luck, we ought to be in New York by 10 o'clock. And the way you've been driving, I don't see how anyone could have followed us. Oh, why do you think I was driving that way? Gee, it's a beautiful night. Look at that moon. Yeah. Let's stop a minute. Why? Oh, I don't know. Just to look down at the water. All right. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the old Hudson River. I guess I'd better turn off the lights. I'm not sure I'm allowed to stop in the middle of the bridge. Come over here by the rail, George. Gosh, isn't it lovely? Yeah, yeah it really is. Oh, look at that boat down there. It looks, it looks a little... It... I wonder how far it is down to that water from here. Oh, I guess about 150 feet or so. I'm awfully glad you decided to come this way. Why did you? Oh, it's less traffic and not as many cars as on the George Washington Bridge or the tunnel. And, well, there's less chance of being spotted. You still thinking of that? That's kind of hard to forget, isn't it? Just the same, I wish you would. It's not doing... Uh, look. look. What? It's a car that looks like it's going to pull up behind us. George, you don't think... No, no, I don't know. But if some monkey's looking for trouble, he's going to get it because I've had enough. What are you going to do? Now, look, I'll crouch down in front of the car here where he can't see me. He'll pull up behind us so his headlights will be on us if he's up to anything funny. He's beginning to pull over now. Now, look, okay. Okay, you talk to him. Stall him. That will see. All right. But, George... Hey, don't you know you're not allowed to stop in the middle of the bridge? Why? I just stopped a minute to look at the water. You alone? Why, yes. I thought I saw a man standing here with you just now. No. There's the California plates on your car, ain't there? Yes, I I just drove through from the coast. Hmm. You pick up any hitchhikers on the way? Uh, anybody that looks like this? Like what? Like the guy in this picture. Well, that's the picture someone took at the... I thought so. All right, sister, where is he? Right here, bud. George, look out, he's got a gun. Why, you... Now let's see how good you are without a gun. George, the railing, he's trying to throw you over. He's George! Come on, kid, let's go. Well, we made it. Home at last. Home? This is the Bancroft Hotel. It's the only home I ever had in New York. Boy, take these bags. Now, sir, if you leave the key, I'll have your car garage for you. Yeah, sure. Here. Thank you. George, I could go home, you know. What? Travel out to Connecticut this time of night? <laughs> it isn't that far. Come on, you get a good night's rest right here. Then you can catch an early train in the morning. Well, all right. Yes, sir. You'll uh, wish a room then, sir? Uh, two rooms, please. Yes, sir. Will you sign here, please? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. J... Oh, Mr. George Javery. What about it? N- nothing, sir. Only uh, we have your reservations. Reservation? But I, I... Oh, I get it. 
Another coincidence. Sir? Uh, skip it. George. Eileen, uh, look, uh, maybe you're right. You you better go on home. George, you're coming home with me. I, I'm sorry, Eileen, but this is journey's end, and I'm going to see it through. Well, then, so am I. Eileen. Please, George. Okay. Okay, come on. Well, what do you know? What? Our friend sitting over there by that post. The man who took the picture? Yeah, yeah. Last act coming up. Oh, clerk. Yes, sir? Uh, what room do I have? 706, sir. That's uh, fine. The lady? Yes, sir. Room 614 for her. Front boy. This way, Mr. Javery. Six, please. George, shouldn't you call the police or something? Tell them what? Oh, I... I don't know. Now, look, honey, you get a good night's sleep, I'll be okay. I mean, after all, this is New York. Six out. Good night, darling. Good night. Seven. It's right this way, sir, to the left. Here we are, sir. Just put the bags over there, son. Uh, will that be all, sir? Yeah, here you are. Thank you, sir. Hello, George Avery. longer than I expected. Brown, a man I met in Reno. What are you doing here? Working for you. And the name ain't Brown, that's Javery. Javery? Yeah, George Javery. <laughs> Javery, I can't think you thank you enough for what you've done for me. What I've done for you? Sure. You've been a great help. All right, let's have it. Look, Javery, you've come to the end of the road. But I think you're entitled to know why. <laughs> you don't know me, do you? I'm Bill Malone. Oh, Scarface Malone. Yeah, only I don't have scars anymore, see? That's the point. It took me two years and a lot of pain to get a new face. And I didn't get it just to look good in a coffin. Know what I mean? No, I'm afraid I don't. After a guy in my business has been away for a year or two, he's not always welcome back, see? And he generally finds out about it with a bullet in the back. That's why you struck me as a good idea. Oh, I did, did I? Yeah. I don't believe in taking chances, see? The boys thought I was coming east under the name of George Javery. Oh, so the one-armed guy and all the rest... No, he was one of my boys. And you were kind of rough with him, Mr. Javery. Well, he wasn't exactly playing beanbag himself. Jerry, he wouldn't hurt you. I just sent him to tell you so I'd have a line on where you were. After you dusted him off, it was just a break for me that you went to that steakhouse. Otherwise, I might have lost you. A candid cameraman, too, I suppose. Yeah. After I lost Jerry, I figured I wouldn't take any chances. Send a picture around to the boys. Like the guy that took a pot at you in Chicago. And the guy you tossed over the bridge. The boys that were out to get me, see? Only they didn't know all the time it was you. No chances. Know what I mean? Yeah. Only I can't exactly say I'm glad to have been of service. So if you drop that gun, I'll go. Not yet, Javery. There's just one thing more you can do. Yeah? Stand over by that window. What for? Stand over there and drop your hands. Boys wouldn't quite understand it if you had your hands up. The boys? Yeah. The ones I've been telling you about. 
When I pull up that shade, they're going to take a pot shot at me through that window. When they do, they'll get me. Only it'll be you. They'll never know the difference. Now, over to that window. They know you're already here, so move. You uh, don't mind if I sort of stroll, do you? After all, this is a surprise. Come on. Over to that window. And if I don't? I'll plug you. And if I do? You see, Malone, that's a trouble with your system. No incentive. You know what I... Don't make a move. George, is anything wrong? George! Get over there in that corner. Don't hurt her, Malone. Just going to lock the door, that's all. Taking no chances, see? Then here's some light so you can see what you're doing. What are you... Oh, it's all right, Arlene. It's all right, darling. Well, there lies our nemesis, the late Mr. Scarface Malone, otherwise known as the guy who never took chances. But he's dead. Yeah, yeah, smart guy. But he made just one mistake. He forgot that the door is right in line of fire with a window. George, what are you going to do? I'm going to call the police and explain this little drama to them. After all, I think it's about time people stop taking pot shots at your future husband. Don't you? And so closes Death Went Along for the Ride, starring Gene Kelly. Tonight's tale of... Suspense. Mr. Kelly appeared through courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of The White Cliffs of Dover. When entertaining guests at your home, are you able to go into your Roma wine cellar and say, which would you prefer, this delightful sherry or this sweeter, heavier port? Whichever of these or any others of the many equally fine Roma California wines you offered your guests, they would find you had poured a world of satisfaction into their glasses. If you are not one of the millions already enjoying these good Roma wines, don't put off this great treat another day. You'll be surprised at the tiny cost your Roma wine dealer will ask for such great enjoyment. Only pennies a glass by actual check. Now you can boast of your own private wine cellar, your private Roma wine cellar. And then, inspired by the great qualities of Roma wines, you'll add your voice to the swelling international chorus that says, Roma wines are truly magnificent. Let me repeat the name, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is Gene Kelly. I hope you enjoyed our suspense show this evening. I always feel that it's a pleasure and privilege for me to appear here because most of us who act for a living consider this to be radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Next week, I know you will want to be listening when your star will be Mr. Orson Welles, who will appear in the Dark Tower a play written by those two very distinguished gentlemen, Alexander Wolcott and George S. Kaufman. And now just one more word. Fellow Americans, the attack for victory is on. You help make the victory more certain and bring it sooner when you buy more war bonds. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Orson Welles in... Suspense! Presented by Roma Wines, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
wonderful I must be quite a guy Feeling so unlike myself Always used to dislike myself But now my love has got me riding high She likes me so, so do I So, so do I guys that does it for mr gene kelly and his two performances on the show for tonight if you've liked the show and the podcast please comment and subscribe i am now available on spotify google apple podcast platforms Castbox, podcast addicts and wherever else you get your podcast Join me this coming Friday as we welcome to the show Miss Lucille Ball with co-star Mr. Richard Denning in the CBS comedy show My Favorite Husband. And join me next week as we welcome to the show Miss Agnes Moorhead to chill our spines. And the next Friday... Please welcome back to the show Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show My Friend Irma. And stay tuned for the coming weeks as the end of the month. Guys, the last Tuesday of this month, please welcome to the show Miss Maureen O'Hara and Miss Ellen Drew in the last rose of summer and that following Friday guys please welcome back to the show Miss 
Francis Langford and Mr. Don Amici with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in the NBC comedy show The Bickersons. And stay tuned as we welcome next month in August, guys, a variety of different writers, producers, and directors. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Please comment and subscribe, guys. Have a great night. Thanks.